0: You're listening to the Cleveland Review of Books podcast. I'm Billy Lennon. Today, I'm talking with Guillermo Rebollo-Hill about his piece, Death's Plural, on pro wrestling and poetry. We talk about grief, pro wrestling as a kind of art form, Roland Barthes, and what both poetry and pro wrestling respectively help the viewer or reader process. Guillermo Raboyo Hill, born in San Juan in 1979, is a writer, sociology professor, translator, and attorney. Recent and forthcoming publications include poetry in Second Factory Poetry Northwest, Pacifica Literary Review, and PAD. He is the author of Writing Puerto Rico: Our Decolonial Moment and the forthcoming Whiteness in Puerto Rico: Translation at a Loss. He belongs to slash with. Lucas MR and Ariadna Michelle. Happily so. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Cleveland Review of Books podcast. I'm talking with Guillermo Reboyo hill about his recent piece, Death's Plural, on pro wrestling and poetry. Guillermo, how's it going?
1: Going very well,
0: Billy. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And yeah we share a name that's true because in spanish class it was william was
1: guillermo and yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing that you know it that's like my little piece of trivia anytime that i'm I, i'm talking with with people in, the, in in the u.s and uh and you know and they take a while to uh to figure out my name and whatnot i just tell them it's it's william in english and they'll be like oh really uh you know so it's uh it's is i feel at home i feel at
0: home here thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're calling in from Puerto Rico. How yes. how how is it there these days? It's hot. <laughs> the past two and a half weeks has been
1: hot. It's hot in terms of the weather. It's hot in terms of uh political environment. Uh, and uh, but thankfully, um, you know, we started hurricane season June first. That's not the thankfully, but uh, thankfully, it was a tropical storm stated for the for the weekend. But it seems to uh, we're out of the. Warning song for it, so we should be all right, which is good because
0: my uh kid's fifth birthday is this weekend, so yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. There's, uh uh Okay, so yeah, just to get into it a little bit. Uh so when did you get into pro wrestling and why did it become meaningful to you? I mean, uh pro wrestling, I so I grew up
1: in the 80s uh here uh on the island and pro wrestling in the 80s in Puerto Rico was a big thing. Um you know, there's still a lot of uh, wrestling uh, going on here locally, uh, but Puerto Rico was a was an important territory within the de- within uh, uh, pro wrestling organizations and circuits. So all the big names from the states, from from Japan, uh, from Mexico, and very important, obviously local names, all wrestled here. Um, and uh, d- you know, during during that time, uh, Saturdays and, and and Sundays, wrestling was on TV. You know. And those were the, so names, local names like uh, Calitos Colón, uh, Chiquietar, uh, and, and such were super important to me growing up, those reference points. And it was the classic format of good versus evil. It was called uh, uh, the army of, of, of justice against the, the, the bad guys. So those types of reference points were very important for me growing up. And um, and then at some point, uh, you know, uh, I... Uh, I started watching what was, the, you know, WWE you now, what was then WWF, right? So it was uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and all those types of things. Um, and I outgrew I it, I suppose, as I imagine uh, people in polite society are supposed to, <laughs> are supposed to do. Uh, but then over the past, I don't know, over the past uh, 10 years or so, I've, uh, I've been fond of, of going back and, and, and thinking about it and also just watching it. Uh, but you know, but, but trying to, to think uh, with the with the medium and the performers and what what it is that they're doing and such. Uh, why
0: did you start to do that?
1: Well, um, for one, uh, like uh, around yeah, two thousand fourteen, WWE was going to put a show here, and uh, it had been so long since I had gone to like a live wrestling show, and I had never gone to a to a, to a WWE show, and um, I wanted to like. Catch up today. I didn't want to go to the thing. Like you go into a concert and you don't know any of the songs. Like right? you guys had to like uh know the storylines and what was going on and who was supposed to be uh important and whatnot and who I was supposed to cheer for. Uh so I started, I said to myself, since I got some tickets, I'm dragging uh, family into this, uh, let me see if I can get up to date. So I started watching it just because of that. And then I got hooked again. <laughs> and I spent, I don't know, I spent a year. You know, watching it without telling anybody, recording it and such, and uh, and then uh, I decided to to kind of read up on it. You know, I was curious. Uh, uh, I'm a sociology professor, mm-hmm. and I was curious as to uh, what was the scholarly literature on on pro wrestling and and, and and such. And there's a whole bunch. I mean, especially in media studies and 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 whatnot. You know, wrestling is a very popular thing to write about.
0: Have you come across the uh the Barth essay? Yes. Like yes Barth, yeah, yes, that's yes, like all yes, I can yes. really offer. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: that like, well, it's a hell of an essay. It, it's a great it, essay. It, it's a hell of an essay. Um but yeah, but the the people that 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 do media studies and, and such and, and people that you know that especially specifically those that you know are worried about content and violence and misogyny and all these types of things that obviously we should be worried about. Uh, there's a lot of focus on, on, on wrestling. And I, and I got interested in thinking about that. Um, and seeing if I could, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe try my hand at, at, at writing something about it. And I was more interested in the performance aspect of the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and then I started thinking about it in relation with poetry.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I just did a podcast yesterday with someone who, also a William, <laughs> it uh, was about raving. It is this theme of like these things that don't normally get thought of. Like Mackenzie Work wrote a book about like raving, going to raves. Yeah. And just not just like being in the moment, but an- analyzing it from this artistic or whatever scholarly perspective. It, it's just a theme like these last two days. But uh, so... I guess like one more broad question before getting into kind of the poetics and uh, and some of the stuff that you you wrote about. Um, Why do you feel the need to defend it against wider culture? Because I've heard it described like blue is blue collar opera before or something. Um, Could you talk a little bit about mainstream cultures like. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, stereotypes I, against it.
1: Yeah, I've I've heard. Uh, you know, I I recently got into in contact with uh, with the good people at the Pro Wrestling Studies Association, uh, which is a, a group of uh, of scholars mostly centered around the U.S. institutions, right, um, that are working. Uh, different aspects of of pro wrestling from a from a theoretical perspective and such. And and, and what's cool about them is that they they do it in tandem with with practitioners so people that have been involved or are involved in in pro wrestling. So it's this type of uh, of exchange between, uh, you know, people in the university and then people from the actual uh, uh, wrestling scene, mostly from the independent wrestling scene. and uh, they had a, a symposium a few months ago, and a lot of it was talking about how uh, you know when you're in a I don't know in a gathering whether it's a PDA meeting or a, or a party or, or what have you, once you reach a certain age, which can be I don't know after after 18 or, or after 20 I don't know um, there's this there's this sense that again it's one of these things that you, you that you're supposed to outgrow because it's childish because it's ridiculous, because it's extremely uh, problematic a lot of times in terms of its, of, of its content, at, at least as it pertains to the television that we, uh, you know, to those organizations that get uh, broadcast on national TV and such. And, uh, like, when you bring it up, there's a sense of, you know, of, like it, it says something about you, you know? Like, uh, it, it, you know, if, if, if I tell you I'm 40-something years old and I watch pro wrestling, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it says that uh, I'm um, – I don't know, I'm a misogynist, or maybe it says that I'm into gratuitous violence, or maybe it says that I have uh, terrible uh, prejudice as pertains to to race or gender identity or what have you, which are all things that have been, unfortunately, right, kind of a staple at least in the wrestling or what usually people that are not fans uh, think about when they think of wrestling, and 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 that's true, it's, it's, it's a part of it, uh, but certainly it's, it's 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 not all of it. Um, But to get to what I guess would really uh, lead one to be into the form, especially once into adulthood, then what would have to get in one of this long winded explanations such as I'm doing now and the people at the party or at the PTA meeting would just walk away and, you know, kind of shock and disbelief.
0: Yeah. So obviously, okay. so then your your academic work kind of led you into some like prose and poetry about pro wrestling. so, in writing this piece, um, yeah, like what this is so broad, but like what do you I'll cut out like the dead space right now, but uh like like what were the main themes you were ex- exploring in the essay? yeah,
1: uh, so I wanted to know, so I was interesting, right so i was um after after looking and thinking about progressing and what. Uh, the scholarly literature on it, I kind of moved to looking at what uh, what was going on in, in literature periods. So, what the poets and story writers, uh, creative nonfiction writings, and whatnot, uh, was wrestling appearing in those in those types of works. And the answer is yes. There's there's fantastic poets poets in particular, uh, and fantastic writers in general that are doing uh, great work, compelling work, uh, rigorous work uh, with using tropes and, and, and imagery related to to pro wrestling and it's uh, it's great just because producing great poems but also it's great because uh for the most part they're moving past the the usual two ways in which pro wrestling is uh is referenced right so so usually you get number one the whole thing i just mentioned about it being the, a reflection of the worst strains of american uh ideology one and then also, then number two, if you don't get that, you kind of get pro wrestling as a nostalgic bent, right? So you know, pro wrestling is part of the ambiance. If you're interested in writing a piece related to a particular time, childhood, adolescence, what have you, and then it's kind of like a treasure trove for for, for those images, right? So we were talking before about you know the image of Stone Cold Steve Austin giving stunners. <laughs> and that yeah. kind of serves as 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 ambiance for that. And uh, but a lot of writers. Uh, are, are, are pushing past that and doing really intriguing things, uh, related to the, the craft of pro wrestling and the, and, and, the, the actual in-ring work and what it might, uh, and what it might entail. Right. And I started wanting to consider, um, performers in, in, in high regard and high esteem for what they do. Um, you know, cause what they do is, is a very complex thing, right? they, you know, two people get together, mutual accord, um, to do everything in their power uh, from a, you know, from a physical perspective, to um, act as if they're hell-bent on beating each other to a pulp. And it's pretend. But the type of performance it is exposes them to substantial damage and or, or risk of even severe damage as the terrible uh, stories of like wrestling. owen hart exactly right that we know of, right and um, but then what what's what's and the, the basis of that is 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 work of coordination and 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 care right i, I have to be look every time you go and you know get on the third rope and and look to fall over me i have to make sure that i catch you and i catch you in the right way etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's to me is like very intriguing right and and this is done for the purpose, for the sole purpose, of uh, entertaining, you know, whether it be a hundred people in attendance or the fifty thousand people in attendance, right? Uh, who will who seek out this type of performance because I don't know it it, it speaks to them in, in, in some way, and and to me there's uh, there's something very profound in that. Um, because there's no real glory or respect outside of the medium per se, right? Uh, Whether you like legitimate sports or not, you know, top athletes are top athletes and wow. Um, Whether you are into theater and performing arts and ballet and the such, you know, those top performers are top performers and and, and wow. But wrestlers, um, you know, they go through the rigorous training of top athletes and they are very much involved in a performance form somewhat comparable to uh what they do in in in, in the theater and such and yet you know they're shunned by both Mm -hmm. um and they do it to a great stake a great risk to their health to their quality of life and to that of their families and that to me is i don't know
0: it's amazing yeah you talk a lot about how um i mean both the poetry about the pro wrestling and pro wrestling itself um I mean, certainly it's about entertainment, but one of like the main themes is like processing grief and these things that we normally take about, think about, like we supplement through more sanctioned like art categories. Um, I was really moved by some of the, like that first poem about like being Stephen Kleinman, like just being strong for his like mother who died, like these British Bulldog, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Death was Hulk Hogan, etc. Um, yeah, I had another question regarding like Owen Hart. Um, well, could you give a rundown, like, real quick, of what happened with Owen Hart, that tragedy?
1: Yeah, so o- Owen Hart, uh, famous wrestler from a from a famous uh, wrestling family based in in, in Canada. And uh, he was in a in a, in a pay per view. He was performing, and he performed uh, various ways, whether it was you know kind of bad guy personas or good guy personas. And he had this this character that he was making a run with that was called the Blue Blazer, and it was kind of like this cheeky, corny superhero type of persona. And uh, they had a pay per view event, uh, and uh, in Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken, and um, and he was gonna come into the ring uh, from being descended, you know, from the, from the ceiling of, a, of, of the building, you know, using a, a rope pulley and a harness and whatever. And at some point it, it broke and and he fell, you know, uh, to his death. And there is a lag, right? in the obviously in the television broadcast as the announcers are trying to make sense uh, of what happened and try to explain what happened and and, and such. And thankfully, you know, no... Um, that the fall itself was not, it's not televised, right? Or it's not broadcast. Um, and uh, what's interesting there is that, uh, you know, and, and he was, a, you know, husband, a father, etc. cetera, by, by all accounts of this fantastic dude, who's very dedicated to, to, to his craft and has, has been credited, uh, was credited then and has been, credited since then for being one of the innovators in, in his craft and who influenced uh, wrestlers that came that came after. It um, was interesting, right? A, a lot of things are interesting about this, but a, one is that the, the show continued. You know, they'll put the... the, the the situation i guess tending to the body and, and such and the show was, was made to continue and then uh, you know certain elements then from the, the the funeral services remembrance act that all was televised right so that's the weird thing that wrestling does um it you know it kind of uh it's it's borders are are, are, are very porous you know, uh, things from, from, from real life. I mean, this is obviously an extreme example, but things from, from real life uh, inform it, become part of the storyline, are, are, are used. Um, and uh, that makes it a, a very, uh, you know, on the one hand, I guess, a, a very again, a very intriguing performance film, um, but also it, it makes it uncomfortable. And I think that's part of what um, uh, in, would engage uh, so many people. There, there's something that within the quote unquote, fakery of it, that's, there's something that, that rings very true, um, which to me is very similar to, to the, the sort of action that, uh, that poetry entails, right? Um, you know, one of, the, one of the, I guess, main critiques that would be made by, by non-poetry readers of, of poets and their work is that they go through a ridiculous uh, effort, pain and effort, to say things that could use, that could just be stated plainly, to say them in a very complicated and way. Um, and that's same thing that's, that's similar to the action of, of, of wrestling. You know? uh, they do this very fake, ridiculous, unnecessary sort of performance with, at, at great risk uh, to showcase perhaps something very profound and very deep about uh, certain key life experiences like grief. And poetry similarly does the thing, you know, we look for very complicated way perhaps to say something that could be said uh, very plainly and very directly without much thought, precisely because, I don't know, uh, by doing it in a, such a complicated manner, that simple thing becomes ultimately more profound. It's it's, it's harder felt.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, my next question, it's pretty tied to that. Yeah. <clears throat> Regarding the death, you asked, um, you said that, like, the question, what do we count if there are no crossbeams, is the correct question. Um, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, like, what? what do you mean by that? And, like, what is the wrong question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's so, like,
1: you know, poetry and wrestling share the fact that there's no... That since there's there's no there's no real stakes in wrestling, and so much as it's not comp, and so much as it's not a legitimate competition, right? The matches are fixed beforehand. We know who the winner. I mean, the audience might not know, but the people in the back know who the winner is going to be and who the loser is going to be. So there's no odds in that, right? So, um, uh, and contrary to popular belief, you know, fans also have a very good idea about who is supposed to who is supposed to win and who is supposed to lose. So many times, what what they're looking for is not They're not coming to be surprised by the result. You know, it goes kind of back to that Barts essay you mentioned. They they want to go... By the process of feeling and exp- and 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 feeling like the result were real, so there's something at play in that feeling like that that gives us a, a surge to people that speaks to them. Yeah. At a, at a certain point,
0: Johnny Knoxville has to win.
1: <laughs> and Bad Bunny has to win. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, soup <laughs> So so there, there's there's something about that feeling like and and and, and poetry similar, you know, a a, a poem. A poem is also, you know, poetry is also a weird genre, you know, it, it is under no obligation to tell a story like in like a novel. Uh, it's under no obligation to make a point like an essay. It's under no obligation to lend itself to uh, be spoken out loud and perform in front of people like, say, you know, a monologue. Poetry doesn't act, I mean it can do all of those things, but it doesn't have to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a poem is a, it's a weird object as well from, in, in terms of, of, of a literary genre. Uh, so it doesn't answer any questions. It doesn't resolve anything. I think poetry serves to highlight attention. It, it, highlights, it serves to highlight like, a gap between, I don't know, the gap that can be perhaps between the living and the dead, the gap that things that can't be fixed, you need a poem to point to. Uh, and things that can be helped, you might need a, a, a wrestling match to kind of help you work out, you know, those feelings. So the, the question that I make reference to in that essay, in regards to the crossbeams uh, response to uh, to a short piece of prose by by Brian Ollie from his book uh, Body Drop, uh, that's reflecting on 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 mm-hmm. art's death, and it's like you know, what is there left to do after you see this man? Who fell to his death in in such a tragic, ridiculous way? Um, what is it that you do? What is left to do other than you know the, the count? You know, this is from from his work. Count the crossbeams, you know, at, at the top of a, of the stadium. And I think that that poetry and, and pro wrestling that's what they that's what they give us. You know, they they give us a sense of of how important the those things that go on unresolved or that can't be really spoken to in an in an in a, in an effective direct way. They highlight that that tension, um, that sense of of anxiety or that sense of angst or that sense of just extreme sadness that will not go unresolved. I think both pro wrestling and poetry can do that rather well.
0: Yeah, you end the piece by saying we learn what to do after having lost someone by learning anything and everything we might do is pointless. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Just. <laughs> yeah. So I... Yeah. It's all. Always... Yeah. Well, I don't know what to ask for that, you know,
1: um, the, you know, wrestlers, you know, we only see, we, we, we might see just, you know, if you're just watching on television, you know, on the weekly shows, you see these two wrestlers score off that one time that week. But in reality, right, as, as, you know, shows are put on various, various days, every single week, right? Wrestling never, never stops, right? So those two opponents face each other a considerable number of times, renew their rivalry a considerable number of times as well. So there's no, there's, there's this sense that there's no ending, uh, uh to it. Um, and, um. And yeah, so it, it 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 becomes pointless other than the fact. I mean, how many times? I don't know. Maybe if you're a die-hard fan, I mean, but how many times do you need to watch that deciding game, whether it's in basketball, the World Series, or, or or what have you? No, you know, as long as you watch it that one time, you know, might you might see a highlight later. Sure, pero but you watch that one time, you you already know what you got there. So and so one, they're the champions; the other lost. I think with 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 wrestling it's again it's 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 scratching at something else it's it it's scratching at perhaps the sense of of of, of the pointlessness of, of it all in, in in regards to to those people and those things in life that are most uh, important to us and um yeah
0: yeah i think so yeah it's such a good piece it was like moved me <laughs> um, yeah is there anything else you wanted to um, touch on? Um, yeah. I mean, I wanted to,
1: um, I wanted to say, you know, because I mentioned at the beginning, uh, a lot of the the, the image of of, of of pro wrestling as you know as a as a reflection of the worst strains of American ideology and such. Um, but in reality, there's very intriguing things going on with 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 pro wrestling, especially at the more independent and and, and local regional, local levels. Right. Uh, and you referenced it prior to the, prior to our conversation here now, right. Uh, wrestling as a space because it's a performance form and, and, and whatnot, because it's open, uh, you know, to, uh, different, or has become thankfully, fortunately in recent years, open to, 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 to people of different body types and such. And, uh, and, 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 uh, the, the notions of, uh, what's the perfect look or body type for a wrestler has done away with. Um, Wrestling has become a really intriguing space, uh, you know, marked by, marked by diversity of all time, of all types marked by, um, you know, uh, different tropes and different storylines that can be done, you know, no longer with questions of good and bad, no longer with America versus the world, uh, but dealing Mm -hmm. with, with, with very, um, I don't know, urgent things in terms of a progressive type of political outlook. And, and it's intriguing and it's hopeful. And um, that should be highlighted as well. Uh, so I would urge everybody to kind of check out what, what, what type of, uh, of wrestling events or organizations are going on around them and, and, and see what the people are, are, are doing there and what type of shows they're, they're, they're putting on
0: yeah it it it's gonna like provide a catharsis and emotional reaction in like a automatic way like more than almost anything you can yeah. like watch and i I guess I'd be interested to learn about like what sorts of narratives are those independent groups constructing like what uh dynamics are being played out i the, the it reminds me a little bit of my, my younger sibling is a Kind of big-time drag performer oh, well. and it seems like that space is kind of similar to what's yep. going on with those small groups and um yeah like who who who's you can choose like who the bad guy is i don't know like they they um they'll do like a whole set just it's like a smart critique of like ted cruz uh wanting or like wanting to introduce a bounty hunter law yeah. for LGBT like trans people yeah. in Texas and it's like a meaningful way for them to like cope with that. I don't I don't know. I this is all very new to me which is why it was so uh nice to learn about it in, in the piece. Uh, um and I hope that uh you know my questions allowed you to um you know, hopefully, I, I my questions weren't too bad. No, ah, yeah, okay. yeah, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I think that's good. Um, Guillermo, thanks for your time. Seriously, thank you, please. Uh, really appreciate it, and um, definitely hit us up again about writing. You know, in
1: Spanish, the the word for uh, two people that have the same name and it's a term of, of affection is tocau. Tocayo. Tokayo, yeah. So we, you and I would be Tokayos. Let's go. <laughs>
0: All right, hell yeah. Thanks again for listening to the Cleveland Review Books Podcast. Producer and artist A Live of Cleveland's own Moomin' Collective graciously provided the music we used for the intro as well as the music you're listening to right now. We publish reviews, essays, interviews, and excerpts online at clereviewbooks.com about three times per week. We recommend signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter, a link to which can be found in the show notes, as we all adjust to a shifting social media environment. You can also purchase issues and merch including hats, tote bags, and shirts in our online store. I'd also like to shout out all of our amazing editors, including Zach Peckham, Bree DeMonda, Robert Giddings, Alana Pacros, Angelo Maniage, Morgan Ford, Michael Cardico, Helen Rauner, Jacob Brueggemann, Philip Harris, Allie Black, Isabel Blakeway Phillips, Eli Scope, and R.A. Washington. See you next time.